second reading is taken from Luke chapter 11, and we're reading verses 1 to 13. One day, Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. He said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us. And lead us not into temptation. Then Jesus said to them, suppose you have a friend, and you go to him at midnight and say, friend, lend me three loaves of bread. A friend of mine on a journey has come to me, and I have no food to offer him. And suppose the one inside answers, don't bother me. The door is already locked, and my children and I are in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of friendship, yet because of your shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, the one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you fathers, if your son asks you for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If then you, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit? to those who ask him. Let's come to God in prayer. Let's just pray together. Father God, as we come now to open your word, we pray that you would give us insight by your Holy Spirit into the things you want to teach us tonight. Lord, unlock our ears to hear your word and unlock our hearts to receive what you have to say to us. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Well, as Paul says in our series, we are considering how to pray, and the next three weeks we're going to be looking at asking. Tonight it's petition, which is asking for ourselves, then we're going to be looking at intercession, which is asking for the needs of others, and then finally we're going to be looking at unanswered prayer. So today we are looking at the passage in the Lord's Prayer, which says, give us today our daily bread. That is petition. And what we will see as we look at the scriptures tonight is that God wants us to do two things. He wants us to ask, and he wants us to be persistent in asking. So why ask God anyway? Doesn't God already know what we need? And isn't God going to do what he wants to do anyway? He's omnipotent and omniscient. So why pray? Well, to answer some of those questions, we're going to look at the two readings we've had from Mark 10 and um, the story of blind Bartimaeus and Luke 11, where Jesus teaches his disciples how to pray. Bartimaeus is a resident of Jericho and we find him sitting by the roadside begging. He's a blind man 
and he's got no means of earning his own keep. We assume, other than his blindness, he was healthy, because the scripture records that when he heard it was Jesus, he jumped up. Sounds like he was fairly fit, but he was blind. That was his one issue, his sight, and because of it, he depended on the charity of others. And Bartimaeus, because he's blind, he's obviously got a heightened sense of hearing, and he hears a commotion going on. And the commotion is a large crowd leaving Jericho, accompanying Jesus. And he wants to know what's going on. And on being told that Jesus is passing by, he starts to shout out in a loud voice, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Well, the locals didn't seem to like that very much. And they tried to silence him and deter him from making a scene. But he wasn't for being deterred. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. He wasn't for being put off. Don't know about you and me, but I can easily be put off. Voices and circumstances can easily prevent me calling out to Jesus. But in Bartimaeus, there was a faith burning, and he was determined. So the first challenge this passage gives us is, is are we determined? Are we determined in our approach to calling on Jesus? What do you think would have happened if Bartimaeus had been silenced to that point? Do you think he'd have been healed? I doubt it very much. And if we're put off because of our circumstances, and we're silenced because of other people, or simply because we're unmotivated, we may miss out on the blessing that God has for us. So Bartimaeus made sure his voice was heard. Now, the act of calling out to God is an act of faith. And it was an act of faith which gave Bartimaeus his sight back. Faith is a gift from God. He gives us faith to trust him and to believe that he will provide for our needs. Do you remember the words in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6? Without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who seek him. Bartimaeus came in faith and God rewarded it. So here's our second lesson. When we ask in faith, our circumstances change. For Bartimaeus, the change was the healing of his sight. But I wonder if he was healed simply so that he could see. I think it's more likely that he was healed so that he could follow. And we don't pray for our daily bread just so that we can have full stomachs. We pray for our daily bread so that we can be about the work of God. We can follow. When we pray for our daily bread, we also pray, thy kingdom come. And so we need to be determined in prayer. We need to know that we're asking in faith. And we need to know that God hears us clearly. God hears our call. I wonder if when you pray, you've ever had that feeling that your prayer just bounces back at you off the ceiling. That the throne of heaven seems to be a million miles away. That you're not really in touch with God. That he can't hear you. Well, what the lesson of Bartimaeus shows us is that God does hear us. 
Jesus heard the voice of Bartimaeus and Jesus was stopped in his tracks. He turned and he summoned Bartimaeus towards him. Jesus' course of action was actually changed because of the cry of Bartimaeus. So be assured, when you pray, God hears you. But then comes the most curious event in this whole passage. We now have Jesus and Bartimaeus standing face to face. And what does Jesus do next? Does he he commend him for his faith? Or does he stretch out his hand to heal him? Well, the answer is no, not yet. The next thing Jesus does is to ask him a question. Bartimaeus, what can I do for you? He's standing there, blind, and Jesus asks him, what can I do for you? Wouldn't you have thought it's obvious? What do you think a blind man wants? What did Jesus expect Bartimaeus to say? Can you give me a few spare coins, governor? I mean, what was he expecting Bartimaeus to say? Jesus knew what he needed. He's the omniscient God. He knows everything. But Jesus wanted Bartimaeus to ask specifically. And this is what God wants us to do in prayer, to specifically ask for what he knows we already need. It's not because God doesn't know, but it's a sign of respect for us as partners together with him in his mission that he asks us specifically, what is it you want? Well, Bartimaeus has already had one outburst, hadn't he? Lord, have mercy on me, he shouted. But God doesn't want vague prayers. What did Bartimaeus mean by that? Lord, have mercy. Bartimaeus, what exactly do you want me to do for you? Jesus asks a specific question. And Bartimaeus gives him a specific answer. I want my sight. So be specific in your prayers. And as we articulate our needs, God wants us to ask for both the big things in life, but also the small things in life. Let me tell you about somebody who wanted an orange. At the beginning of the last century, there were two great evangelists, F.B. Mayer and D.L. Moody, and they were friends. And I want to give you an illustration from both of their lives. But F.B. Mayer first, he was at one point on a transatlantic liner. He was crossing the Atlantic by ocean liner. And the captain knew he was on board and asked him, would he speak to the first-class passengers? And would he do so on the subject of answered prayer? Well, lots of people gathered together, but amongst them was an agnostic who was quite proud of his agnosticism. So after the meeting, a friend of this agnostic said to him, what did you think of Mayer's message? I didn't believe a word of it, was the response. That afternoon, Mayer was invited also to go and speak to the fourth-class passengers. First-class, second-class, third-class, fourth-class. That's how they were in those days. And many from the morning session decided they'd go and hear again, uh, hear him again, including the agnostic. And as the agnostic left his cabin, he happened to pick up two oranges and put them in his pocket. Well, on his way, he passed an elderly woman who was sitting in a deck chair, sunning herself, and she was fast asleep. And as she was asleep, he noticed quite comically that her hands were just open in front of him, at her. So as an act of fun, he took out these two oranges and put them in the palms of her hand. There she was, fast asleep. It tickled his amusement. 
After the meeting, he walked back the same way, and the old lady was sat there in the chair, and she seemed to be enjoying the orange that he'd put in his hand. So he said to her, you seem to be enjoying that orange rather a lot. And she remarked with a smile, yes, sir, she replied. My father is very good to me. And he looked astonished. Surely, he said, your father can't still be alive. Oh, praise God, she said. Yes, he's very much alive. And then she explained to him that during the whole voyage, she'd been seasick. And she'd not been feeling well at all. And she was sat out in the sunshine. And as she was doing so, she prayed. And she prayed to God and prayed that somebody somehow would get her an orange. And she said, I must have fallen asleep while I was praying, but when I woke up, I had not one orange, but two. Apparently the agnostic was absolutely speechless. And the good news is, he was later converted to Christ. So praying for an orange might seem like praying for a small thing, an insignificant thing, but look at what resulted. God wants us to articulate our needs both great and small. He doesn't just want us to reserve our prayer requests for times of emergency. He wants us to ask daily for the little things, whatever your orange might be. Well, so much for Bartimaeus and Jesus' encouragement to ask specifically for our needs. I want just for a moment to think about the second passage in Luke chapter 11, where Jesus teaches his disciples how to pray. And after the pattern of the Lord's Prayer that he gives us, he tells them a parable about persistent asking. The message here is a very strange one, and it implies that God will will not answer prayer because he wants to, but because we pester him. Now, I don't know about you, but that's not the sort of lesson I used to teach my children. I can't ever recall saying to them, If I don't give you what you want, just keep pestering me until I do. But the point is, Jesus isn't saying, batter God into submission. Rather, he's saying that God will delight in our persistence. And notice what the man who came asking for for bread, notice what he wanted. He wasn't for selfish gain that he was asking. He was asking for something that he could use to bless somebody else, to bless a visiting guest. And that leads us to the question of what is the motive for our asking. Jesus says, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Which is why we quite often end our prayers saying, in Jesus' name. But we're not using a password which will secretly unlock the will of God. What we're doing is we're asking that our will be aligned with his will in our prayers, that we are praying in accordance with the will of God. So we're to pray in line with the will of God, and we are to be persistent. Do you remember that Mark 11 says, Therefore I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have it, and it will be yours. Well, in two weeks' time, we're going to be thinking about unanswered prayer, so I'm not going to preempt that session. But I think we would all understand that even when we believe God in prayer, we don't always instantly see the answers to our prayers. 
We need to be persistent. But God answers prayer. In the book that uh, Paul was mentioning a moment ago, Pete Gregg's book on how to pray, he quotes an example from the life of D.L. Moody, who was an American businessman turned evangelist. And and Moody kept a prayer list of 100 non-Christians that he knew, that he prayed for every day. And over the years, whenever one of these 100 came to faith in Christ, he would cross their name off his list. And by the time of his death, no fewer than 96 out of the 100 people on his list had come to faith in Christ. What an amazing testimony of the power of perseverance in prayer. Even more amazing was the fact that the remaining four all gave their lives to Christ at Moody's funeral. So by the time they buried him, every one of his prayers on that list had been answered. So the question for us is, does prayer change things? Because if the answer is no, then we won't do it. But if prayer does change things, then we should persist as partners with God in his eternal mission. God's gift to us is faith, but our gift to him is faithfulness. So let's ask and keep asking. Amen. Thank you, Nigel. And as Nigel says, we're continuing in that series over these next few weeks. Let's stand together, shall we, and affirm our faith in the God.